Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. Maybe bundles. They'll save you money wherever they can. They will make sure that you are insured. And your budget doesn't take a gigantic hit. They're the pros, pros in insurance. Trust is a big factor to me in everything I do. It's a big factor in the people I work with. It's a big factor with friends, and it's a big factor in people I do business with. Purdy's always have my trust. They've earned it. Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Same story with Sunbury Motors. Trust. Trust means a lot to me. It really does. Great people at Sunbury Motors know them, trust them. They're going to talk to you about what they think is best for your budget. They want to be able to, to realize what your dream is for the vehicle you want. They have great product lines, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. Great service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right. Play-by-play call today. Once again, when the when the spotlight is brightest, Lamar Jackson doesn't get it done. We'll amplify in a moment after this. Here we go with a fourth and three. And as I mentioned, Pittsburgh stopped the last seven times that opponents gone for it on fourth down. And the game hinges on it. Well, you've been looking right now. Can I run the ball? It's Lamar Jackson. That's what you want to do. Jackson takes off. And he is stopped. Ball may have come out at the end, but it doesn't matter. He was short of the mark. And that Pittsburgh defense steps up on a fourth down yet again. Pittsburgh, best team in the NFL right now, at least to this point, 7-0. Great win yesterday. Got up early on a pick six. Fell behind, came back, won it. Lamar Jackson. I just said, when the light is brightest. You do need to have a legitimate question here now. In his last eight games, the Ravens are 5-3. and three. But in the three losses, in the three losses, obviously to really good teams, Tennessee, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, so three losses, really good teams. He has thrown four interceptions and fumbled four times. He has turned the ball over eight times in those three losses. His quarterback rating in those three losses is 66.2. There's probably some stats that you didn't know about, did you? No, but they're not surprising. You're exactly right. We've been, I've been waiting this for Lamar Jackson, too. I've been one of his biggest critics. And once again, and is in his element, his number one element, with his legs. Yep. And he still was short. 
Now, so, the Steelers D did a great job discussing, so yeah, you know, you know dictating yeah, that right yeah. away and seeing that, but still. Right. Right. Got to make a play. All right. Let's bring in Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Hello, Frank. Great to have you with us. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Well, let's start with uh, with with the overall valuation. When I started the show, I really locked in right away on the line of scrimmage on both sides. I just thought Ohio State played really well in that area. Is that a good place to start, or you want to start someplace else? No, I think that's a great place to start, and I think one side of the ball, some of that was expected. Um, but I really thought Penn State's offensive line would make their mark yes. a little better, if not a lot better than yeah. what they did. So that's that's the part that I think really um, people have questions over because uh, you know, we've been hearing for six years how this unit is getting better and getting better and getting and, better. And, and Frank, you know. and Frank, I'm one of the ones that have been, that's been saying that over and over again. I'm the one that's been saying to me, I thought it was the best looking <laughs> offensive line since 2008. Now, they've got time to prove that out, but, like, I mean, so, look, you can put some of that on me. Well, sure. No, I'm not going to do that. No, we all, beyond you, Steve, we were, there's there's plenty of evidence why this should be a very formidable unit. They they really, I think, got a great coach as well. They yes. Have, and they have experience. These aren't just yep. high-profile recruits taking over. These are guys that have done it before. Um. And you're never going to be able to get, I mean, your third string, fourth, whatever running back. You got to give them help. Yeah. I mean, this does not Saquon Barkley back there. You got to give these guys help, and um, you know that's got to start Saturday against a team that, yeah, it can score points, but not a good defense. I mean, that has to that has to change in a big way this week. Yeah, it it does, uh, because when I look at Ohio State, they were 10 of 18 on third down. So third more than five, three of 11, guess what? You know, that's under 30%. You can live with that number. But they were seven for seven on third and less than four, Frank, and they had a lot of third and one and third and two because they were getting the job done on first and second down, and that's them just grinding away at it. Sure, and I think there's all kinds of reasons we can go to on uh, starting with how good Ohio <clears throat> how yeah. good Ohio State is with Justin Fields. No question. You know, you're yeah. not going to face a better quarterback, and you know you have even more inexperience than you would have thought at linebacker, which is that's a tough one to overcome in the second week of the season. Yeah, look, look, by the one quick note, do you, I don't think people realize Jesse Lucchetta had eight tackles in the second half when he finally got in there. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah, that was amazing. That's the thing is that um, people maybe weren't talking about him as much, but he is your best linebacker. So when you lose him for a what is essentially an entire game, half of one and half of another, that's right. that's a big difference. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think though in other years, the thing that I think fans are a little bit miffed about is in other years, no matter what Penn State had talent wise. They're always a little short, going to be short against Ohio State. I think the 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 not the attitude, but just the I don't know the feel of the team was a little different because even when they were undermanned in the 2014, mm-hmm. there was a different vibe that came out to mm-hmm. me when they played that I think carried them beyond their reach, beyond their talent, beyond the 
matchups. And I think that seemed to be a little lacking. Not that they didn't fight. I'm not talking about that. But um, there just didn't seem to be, well, we know we got to outreach here. And it, I don't know. I just didn't, never got that vibe from the beginning of that game. And that's what was. I think that's a little – I think that shows up. I, I, I don't know exactly – Probably a lot of things for that, but that's one of the big things that stood out for me watching there. Yeah, what when again, I'm sitting there and they they win the coin toss and I'm thinking, great, they like to defer, great. Ohio State wants the ball. I thought, great. I said on the broadcast, that's great, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what that. And then all of a sudden, you go down the field, they go three plays, the the jet sweep, the whole thing. Now it's seven nothing. It's like okay, okay, took that one. Uh, when Penn State got the ball back, that was the only time in the entire game where Penn State had a chance to tie or take the lead on a possession. Right. That's the only time the entire right. night was their first possession. Right. So even though they hung in there and fought back, I never really felt like they were really juiced into this game because of that. You know, they could never get – to me, they never truly grabbed it any real significant momentum. I mean, maybe they had chances that they do string a few things together, and I think that's just um, that's a, and maybe the fans you know are there, then that helps them do that, right. get some there. But yeah, they sure. just weren't there. They just weren't there, and I think people want, expected more of that energy, that fight, that, you know, um, one you do something one series well, but then the next unit doesn't pick them uh, up, and that was the whole story. They're down by three scores at one point, 21-18. They get the fortuitous break at the end of the half, and Stout kicks the field goal. Then they open the second half with a 75-yard drive, and suddenly with the three-score game is a one-score game. But again, Ohio State got the ball back, and they scored. And now it's back to that two-score thing all over again, Frank. And then it's just Ohio State always made sure that they, they had that cushion. Penn State, I mean, could not get the ball back to give give themselves a shot at it, taking the lead or tying it up. No, they needed to – to me, the going in this game, the biggest point was can Penn State's front seven get – pressure disrupt Justin Fields take him off his game if you let him operate as expected you're done to me and I didn't know if they could do it I thought they have some talent with their pass rushers that they could possibly do that but they didn't do that and so Justin Fields for the most part was allowed to operate as the best quarterback in the country and to me you're not going to win that game if if he is allowed to do it it's he just his receivers are too good Mm-hmm. He is too good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to me, that was going to be a really hard fight to win if they could not disrupt him, get pressure, yeah. take him out of this game. Yeah, I think they only go at somewhere between five and eight times they actually really got pressure on him. I mean, yeah. that, that is um, – wow. I mean, that, that's a lot of clean pockets to operate in. Especially as you said with those wide receivers, and I thought the corner, I thought Castro Fields and Porter actually corner-wise played decently. <laughs> but, they do. But, they and Penn State has some standouts. There is some bright spots. Those two guys are definitely among those. Yeah. But that's you can't you can't. I mean, they could play great. Those two guys, and that's not going to be. You can't withstand. You know, you need help and. When they pulled the upset in sixteen, everybody talks about special teams, but you know, in the second half, their defensive line, their front seven, 
came alive. Yes, they did. Yep. And right. that is really what sealed the not just sealed the game, but I think really set the tone mm-hmm. to set up the the special teams help. Right. You know exactly. What did you think of Sean Clifford in the second half? You know, I think it's the story of the same story a little bit against Indiana as it was against Ohio State. The offense. And I don't get it. I mean, they look so good on that first drive of the season. Since then, the first half has been kind of nightmarish. Um, no rhythm. Um, I think Sean, that that you know, that's beginning drive of the second half. They they changed maybe some things around, some different routes. I, you know, they, he looked a lot better. But overall, I think the I think the rushes, the pressure on him in these first two weeks is making a difference. Yeah. Um, he just seems a little apt to, to to flee a little quickly, and I get it when you're getting pressured that much and you have the ability to run. But I think it's um, he has receivers that are young that are trying to grow up and be able to find ways to get separation, which is tough. He's getting pressured, which is tough. You know, I mean, I I love the guy's fight. Um, mm-hmm. He's a very good quarterback. I just think the, the you know it's. It's tough for him to operate right now, and he's and he's he's bailing a little quickly at times. If I was going to be critical, mm-hmm. a little too quickly. Yeah, um, but he threw for two fifty one and three touchdowns in the second half. So I mean, that's I look at that and I thought, you know what, he's got he's got some guts because I mean he was I mean they, they can't keep getting hit though, uh, right? And that that that's a big part because you got you have to keep him upright if you can. Uh, he, he's got guts. Oh, I mean, he's got that. What? 30, 35 carries in the first two games. Is yeah. that what it is? That's yeah. far too many. Yep. Too many hits. Um, and he definitely, I mean, I, you love his fight. And mm-hmm. you know he's a good leader. Yeah. Um, and I think his young receivers are coming around. But it's just, it's so many things that have snowballed together for this start. When you go with the injuries, the young, you know, the skill players now are so young. The schedule makers, of course, you know, don't give you any breaks because you know, <laughs> no. you know you, but you throw all that together and it's tough for guys like Brandon Smith and Parker Washington and um, Keandre Lambert to grow up and be this effective as needed against these teams when it's their first two games that they're doing it really. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Maryland has played eight quarters plus in overtime. And they scored a whole bunch of points in the first quarter Friday, a whole bunch of points in the fourth quarter Friday, no points in the second and third quarter. It was a weird game. Well, obviously they had to get something really great out of Friday night. What did you think of Tunga Viola and company? Well, he, he, you know, he's electric, um, yeah, you know, and he's going to he get is. better. Yep. But to me, it's like, okay, he really struggled in the first game, which, okay, I get it. He was much better. Sure. Much more dynamic and effective in the second game. Penn State's defense is going to have issues. I mean, I think any defense to some degree would. To me, that's going to happen. Penn State's going to be able to make some plays as well on defense. To me, the key is, you know, offensively. Yeah. Doesn't matter what hit that kid does. They're going to score some points if you take care of your business on offense like you should. Because one thing is proven is Maryland's defense is not real good. That's the first two weeks of the year. That's right. That was last year. Yep. That's been the last four years when Penn State plays them. Frank, it is always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. All right. Have a great week. You too. Thanks.
All right, great to have you with us on the show today. After the uh, tough one for Ohio State, look, they look like they look the part of the third-ranked team in the country. I mean, it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Now the question is who fills the fourth spot. And I'll tell you right now, for the first time since we've gone this route, I know I've got to get to uh, Dick and Milton for one second. First time since I've gotten to the college football playoff. As much as UCF gets a lot of publicity, this is the first time I've looked at a group of five team and thought because of the circumstances they might make it. That's Cincinnati. Dick and Milton. Hey, Dick, I know you have a question. First of all, it is so great to hear from you. Welcome back. Yeah, well, we'll throw the first two games out. Obviously, the only thing that's going to make this passing game run effectively is if the running game works, and so far it yeah. hasn't. My question, when I watched the Indiana game, the the freshman league kid seemed to me to be the most effective running against Indiana, and I could yeah. be wrong. Maybe all three guys are pretty much equal. Are you watching them in practice? I don't get to see anybody practice, obviously. Yeah. But I thought... I thought the four or five times that he actually carried the football, he he did he did the best of all of the three backs against Indiana. I agree with you. I, I thought the, I thought I, I thought he looked really good against Indiana. Now, do I think Ford is the better all-around back, catching, burst, things like that? Yeah, he should be the starter. Uh, but it was interesting. Uh, I agree with you. I thought against Indiana. I was really impressed with how Lee ran the ball. And I think he runs the ball with a purpose, and I'd like to see him get a few more touches. I mean, obviously, I don't watch him practice, but that was just my analysis of the three backs there. There again, there again, it was not – they didn't try to get the backs to the outside. It was pretty much run up the, mm-hmm. run up the gut, and obviously if the line's not going to block for you, it doesn't matter who's running in the middle. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Lee's a pretty big kid, though, 230 or 225. 230. And then, and then the other freshman kid uh, is 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 the fastest kid on the team, maybe the fastest running back, anyhow. Because um, is he faster than Devin Ford? That's a good question. Because when I watch Ford run in practice, I see the burst. All right, I see the burst in Ford. Uh, Holmes has a burst too. Uh, the first game, though, see what hurt Holmes in the first game is he fumbled. Right, that's yeah. not going to be tolerated by any running back coach. Now he did get back in the game. And he did play a little bit on Saturday night. But, yeah, the key for Penn State, when you look at what they did in the running game, quarterbacks have hurt Ohio State running the ball. Lawrence hurt them a little bit. Martinez in the opener for Nebraska definitely hurt them. Uh, McSorley two years ago hurt them. So I understand why they wanted to run the quarterback, because, number one, Clifford can do it. Number two, Ohio State's been vulnerable to it. Right, so Ohio State's credit, they closed that down. But you're right. Look, you can't have uh, 34 yards on first down on 14 carries and have one of them be a 23-yard run, which means the other 13 carries you had 11. You've got to get a ground game going to then balance the offense. You are so correct, Dick, so correct. Well, I'll let it go. If, if, look, if, they don't, if they're not going to respect your running game because we're not running the football, there's yeah. not much that they don't have to worry about. Then, then your passing yeah. game is not going to do as much, are, obviously. Yep, yeah, because they can they can play eight back. They can do whatever they want at that point. You're so right. All right. Thanks, running, Steve. Thank you, Dick. No, Dick's right. You know, got to get a running game going. It's game three coming up. Part of it, too, is you get into a big game like that. You get into a big game like that. And sometimes the guy that's played a little bit more plays more in a game like this. 
Because you know what, what that guy can do as opposed to what the youngsters can do? Sometimes that happens. Plus, they started throwing the ball more in the second half, and Ford's probably the best blocker of the running backs, too. All right, more coming up, final half hour. Um, Little Luke last night started throwing stuff at the TV set, right? Lisa said, why? And he said, Daddy. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. During this time, we are operating under the guidance of the PA Insurance Department. Most of our staff continues to work from home to practice social distancing for the safety of our staff and clients. Our office remains open and available to service our current and new clients by phone, by calling 570-286-5855, email, and by appointment. Our after-hours emergency service is also ready to assist our clients with their needs. From the team at Purdy Insurance, stay safe, be well, be kind, and know that we remain dedicated to the highest level levels of service to protect what matters most. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Okay. Like uh, the King of Ward Four handing out ballots. I mean, I don't know. I, so there's something wrong with that. That is that a true story. I mean, I'm trying to follow the news here. A guy in Danville. I'm working on confirming that. Sounds illegal. I know he's desperate to win, so <laughs> I'm a winner. Oh boy. All right. So on to Maryland. What a weird game they played Friday night. First quarter, they're unstoppable. Twenty one points. Talia Tunga-Viola looked great. Jake Funk, I'm you know, happy for Jake Funk because he's a guy that's had uh, torn ACL, other injuries. He ran for 231 in the game. He averaged over, he averaged over nine yards a carry. Man, that's impressive. This isn't like 231, he got 38, 39 carries. No. No, he had fewer than 30 carries. Still got 231. That's really an impressive day's work. Uh, Brian Cobb's in Beaver Stadium. So I'm going to tell you a Brian Cobb's story. Okay. Had nothing much to do with Brian Cobb's except his dad. You may not realize. You now, I'm going to talk about this in the pregame show, but we'll use the show now to throw it in there. Um, he is the son of Duffy Cobbs. Duffy Cobbs, who was uh, redshirted in the 82 National Championship team and played and started on the 86 National Championship team, had an interception, a couple big hits in the National Championship game against Miami. In the great history of the 1986 season, many can recall chapter and verse of 
the 23-3 win at Alabama. Bob White's sack of Steve Berline at Notre Dame. They can recall every play, whether it's a Giftopoulos interception, the two by Shane Conlon, Duffy Cobb's play in there, the hit by Ray Isom, DJ Dozier's touchdown, the whole thing, right? Fans can recite chapter and verse. They even remember a lot, in a lot of ways, the Cincinnati game where Penn State came from behind. And Blair Thomas made a big catch at the 50-yard line. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, Penn State fans remember the season. Here's the play that I never hear anybody talk about. Penn State is playing Maryland. In fact, this year's game is going to be November 7th. That year it was November 8th, 1986. So nearly 34 years to the day. Penn State's undefeated, ranked number two. They are expected to take Maryland, slice them, dice them, and move on. Still got Notre Dame, still got Pitt, still got potentially Miami. Except somebody forgot to tell Maryland. Anytime you go through a season, Penn State was 12-0 that year, you're going to have a couple games where you got to fight your guts out to win that darn thing, where you are not on your A game. Cincinnati was one, the other one was Maryland. So Penn State's leading the game 7-3 in the fourth quarter early. Maryland drives downfield. Pete Kirkendall, highly regarded coming to Penn State and then turned in a really good Penn State career. Dan Henning, whose dad at one point was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Dan Henning, the younger one, is a quarterback for Maryland. He drives them downfield and gets into the red zone and Kirkendall picks off the pass. The defensive lineman picks off the pass and runs it back 71 yards. Starts, you know, Pete, I know you listen to the show once in a while. Even you'll admit, maybe around the 40, you started to leak a little oil, okay? That's why you're a defensive lineman. But he does a heck of a job of getting it downfield, and then the very next play, D.J. Dozier takes into the end zone for a touchdown. Penn State gets the extra point. Massimo kicks the extra point. Massimo Manka, boom, it's 14-3. Now, I'm the third member of the broadcast team at this point. So, Kill Santos, John Grant, and I are looking at each other like, okay, all right, that ought to pretty much do it. Nope. Henning drives them downfield again. This time, they score a touchdown. Now, down 14-9, Bobby Ross, who's the coach, opts to go for two points because he's trying to make it 14-11, make it a, a field goal game. They don't make it. All right. Penn State then gets the ball back, drives downfield, Massimo Manka kicks a field goal, Penn State is up 17-9. Ah, that ought to do it. Penn State's up eight points. Nope. Henning does it again. He drives them downfield, and they score another touchdown with 14 seconds to go. Penn State can't tie this game. There's no overtime in 1986. If Penn State ties, they're not playing for the national championship. Right? Simple as that. So there's 14 seconds left. And Henning comes out. And They want to throw it. 
And he decides to go in the direction of his top guy, James Milling. Milling was their leading receiver all year, and he was lined up. Now, we're in the press box, so they're going to the north end zone to our left. He throws it to the northeast corner, far corners we see it, for, okay, for James Milling. And Duffy Cobbs cleanly breaks it up, knocks it away incomplete, saves the day, and Penn State's undefeated season remains intact. It's one of the biggest plays defensively that Penn State football has ever had that nobody ever talks about. Well, I expect Duffy to be there, but his son Brian is the wide receiver for Maryland. Duffy wore 16 at Penn State. Brian wears 15 for Maryland. But seeing Brian Cobbs uh, making his second trip to Beaver Stadium, he was here two years ago, just reminds me of the Duffy Cobbs story, and Duffy Cobbs deserves his place, in my opinion, in Penn State lore. And I'm the only knucklehead that can remember the play. So, <laughs> one of the few people remaining that was there, I think. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, the Eagles won last night. You can't tell, though, by Matt's tone. Matt is still mad, still angry. You're in first place. L- uh, listen, I, as, as I said last night on Twitter, I'm always, I'll am always take the win, always, it, it, and especially against, against the Dallas Cowboys. I don't care if they have uh, their 10th-string quarterback in, in line. But I just need to see. I just need to see more consistency. First of all, on the offense and Carson Wentz to stop turning the ball over. I am done defending him. I mean, four turnovers last night, just unacceptable. You're so bitter. I mean, you're it's in just, first place. Yeah, I, like I said, it's it's good. It's great to be in first place. It's, I mean, it's weird, I guess, because you're three, four, and one, and. They're getting healthy at the right time, which is all, which is encouraging. But they got to start just being able to turn things around on the field now. I mean, I'm just stunned by the way Carson Wentz has played. I, I talked to him this morning. He couldn't have said nicer things about you and the beautiful things he said about Luke. <laughs> beautiful stuff, and you know, the last thing I expected is you come out here and rip him. I did mention you were throwing stuff at the TV. He said he was disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Told you Ben DiNucci would be the swing factor. You wouldn't believe me. Hey, I said it was going to be a two-score game. And lo and behold, that's the Eagles won by two scores. Barely, but there you go. Kansas City played the Jets. You know, they won it with ease. But they didn't blow them out, okay? Completely blow them out. My understanding is the only play they practiced all week was the kneel down. <laughs> I... It looked like it at times, but, yeah, they pulled away when they needed to. They went 35-9. to nine. They went 35-9. to nine. The Penn State-Nebraska game is going to be a noon kickoff. We're on at 1030 from Lincoln a week from Saturday. It's going to be on FS1. Watch Roger panic over that one. Because FS1 has shorter commercial breaks than ABC. 
ABC, Roger, a complete, you know, it was easy, get in and out, there's plenty of time, right? Fox Sports 1 has shorter commercial breaks. <laughs> Whoops. So FS1 at noon, 11 a.m. Lincoln time. Yeah. There you go. Get this game in this week, then go out there, get a nice steak. Little Kansas City strip something. Yeah, you can get a good steak in Lincoln. Yeah, you're uh-huh. not that far from the Omaha, Nebraska steak. True. The team is actually staying in Omaha. The team is not staying in Lincoln. We are, but they're in, they're in Omaha. So, yeah, we're not allowed to stay with them this year. They're trying to keep a bubble as much as possible. I mean, can you blame them? I and mean, look what's happened at Wisconsin. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out tomorrow whether Wisconsin can play Purdue this week. And uh, they'll announce that decision tomorrow. I'm hoping they can play. Yes, you know, the NFL, let's give the NFL some credit here. The NFL is... um, Done with eight weeks of the season, and so far, so far, despite some speed bumps, hiccups, whatever you want to call them, here and there, they've made it this far. Now let's see how the second half goes. But I mean, let's give credit where credit's due. And really, from training camp on. It's been fairly clean other than the two hiccups with the Titans and the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, there's a player here or there, but the only outbreaks were Tennessee and, to a a small extent, New England. So. So have you voted yet? I have. I did mail-in ballot style, uh, I think it was last week or the week before. I've had it in. Nope. I'm going in person. Have I ever voted absentee before? Yes, when I was in college, I voted absentee. Me too. You had to request the ballot, but I voted absentee. Every other election, since I became a resident of the state in 1980, except for one primary three years ago, I forgot about it. I have voted in every election. I've always gone in person. I'm old-fashioned. I just trust the process better that way. That's just old-fashioned me. It has nothing to do with, I don't want some knucklehead calling up, oh, no, you're against mail-in voting. No, I just, everybody has to have their own level of trust. I just trust the system doing it this way because it's what I'm used to. So I'll go tomorrow morning. I'll stand in a line. You know, wait, cast my ballot, and then uh, do the shows and pick up some leaves and go from there. <laughs> did, I tell you about, did I tell you about putting the dogs out this morning? I don't think I told you this one. No. So this morning before I go to teach class over at Penn State, I, you know, I put the dogs out. Well, of course, it is windy. To, I mean, how windy is it there? Probably. Oh, the same it's as bad here, right? here too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been bad. So I go out this morning, and I had two cords of wood put in my driveway. So Saturday before the game, because it was a night game, 
I probably got a cord and a half stacked before I went over to Beaver Stadium. Yesterday, right before it rained, I finished stacking wood. So I got the last half cord stacked up, the whole deal. And right when I'm delivering the last half cord and putting it up there, right, the last run, it starts to rain. I mean, it pours. That's fine, but I got it done. We're good. But what I didn't do is I didn't pick up any leaves this weekend. So I've got a couple of big maples in my yard and so forth. Matt's seen my yard. He knows what I'm talking about. A couple of big maples in there, a big oak tree. So I've got some leaves. Now, usually they fall later, but they fall, right? So my entire front yard this morning is loaded with leaves. And eventually I'll, get, I'll take care of it tomorrow morning after I'm done voting. And I put the dogs out this morning, and this big gust of wind comes up and takes the leaves of my front yard and blows them to my neighbor's yard across the street. <laughs> and I'm like... Okay. <laughs> Did the work for you. Not done. <laughs> wow. So then it's a swirling wind, and then suddenly I'm still out there with the dogs. Five minutes later, big wind comes up, swirls are up, blows them all right back in my yard. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I ended up with a net gain of zero. All right, we'll come back. <laughs> Never mind then. But, but I have a lawn sweeper that I attach to my John Deere. It's actually, to be honest with you, I've hated raking in my life. It's actually fun now. <laughs> I enjoy driving around, man, pick it up, empty it, man, pick it up, empty it, done. <laughs> oh, it's great to have the right tools. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Matt's mad. Duck. Miriam, how are you today? Welcome. Great to have I'm, you with us. I'm doing well. How about you? It's great to hear from you. Thanks so much for being with us. Sure. Um, in Penn State game on Saturday, I think yeah. it was about toward the end of the half when Sean Clifford was, I'm not sure if he was sacked, but his helmet came off and there was absolutely no penalty. Why? Uh, that I don't know, but remember, he had to leave the game. That's why Will Levis came in. Because if you okay, so let's start with that part. Why did Will Levis come in? Will Levis came in because whenever a player loses his helmet, you have to automatically leave. So Levis had to play that play. So we'll start with that. I didn't see how his helmet came off. I didn't see if somebody well, grabbed it, 
hit it, push it. Yeah. Do you, did you see a replay? So because well, I didn't see the replay, so TV, you tell me. It sure looked like it was yanked off. Well, if it's yanked off, then it should have been a penalty. Nothing was said on the, uh, you know, by the announcers. I hated those announcers. I thought they were totally biased. But anyway, um, but yeah, it looked like it was pulled off his head. Well, if it's pulled off his head, and again, because of the circumstance, I see Will coming in. I'm already. Go- I, I didn't look at the replay of it, and I don't think Jack okay. did either. So that's why I can't comment on it. You, you know, I'm going to trust your eyes because you were watching it. <laughs> no, seriously, I'll trust your eyes because you were watching it. I was watching yeah. personnel. I was watching personnel okay. down and distance things like that in clock, and I probably should have looked at the replay as to why it went out. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything out there to look at it and see what you say. But I know yeah, I talked with my son, I, and he he was incredulous as well that there was nothing called. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to look the play up, which I which I'm fortunate I have the capability of doing, and I'm going to watch okay. the play at some point um, near the end of the first half as to what the heck happened on that play because I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to trust your eyes, your son's eyes, but just for a couple of, you know, for the heck of it, I'm going to look at it myself at some point tonight. How about that? <laughs> that sounds good. And then uh, on another show, say something about it. I don't always catch you, so I might not catch the answer. But, um, yeah, it, it was just mind-boggling why there wasn't a flag thrown. Well, the fact that you catch our show sometimes is something I appreciate very much. Thank you for doing that. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. I'm going to look that up. Because you were up in Montoursville with the president. I was, so Uh, I did not see the game on Saturday. I just saw some highlights and obviously looked at the statue and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look that up. Here at some point, take a look at it. Because all of a sudden, Will's in the game, but I mentioned, I think I said something about Will's in the game, but it was because his helmet came off. Now, I probably should have put two and two together and said, why is his helmet off? <laughs> Let's see. Trying to think how deep into this thing. Let's go 55 seconds to go. Uh, 56 seconds to go now. That's, that's, I'm, I'm way too deep in the game now. I got I to gotta throttle back on the number of plays here. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be a second down play. Yeah. Now, I'll find it here at some point. It's just not going to be this second. 